Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you so much for the opportunity we have to be here. We thank you, Father, for, for loving us and giving us access to you and giving us access to each other. Well, we cannot say thank you enough for the relationships that we have formed because of you and because of the freedom we have in you and you, you bringing us together. Thank you for that, Father. Help us as we worship this morning. We pray for all those involved. We pray for, for uh, Scott and for, for all of those that are going to be involved, Cole, and uh, just uh, that uh, our worship will go well and you'll be pleased with it. Thank you, Father. Uh, for those who are watching us online uh, this morning, we pray for them and pray for their families. We pray a, the, a, a sense of well-being for them, and we pray, Father, that they will learn as well. Thank you for them and thank you for their attention. Bless us, Father. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're going to be in John chapter 14. You want to turn over there? For those guys, you guys, you watching us this morning, we're really glad you're here. We're glad, we're grateful that you've uh, that you've decided to join us. We pray that uh, if there's anything that you uh, uh, that you need from us, anything that uh, that we can help you with, we'd love for you to give us a heads up and uh, and just let us know. There's there's phone numbers and and emails on the screen there. If you would, if you'd like to do that, okay. John chapter fourteen is is going to uh, uh, start with the very first sentence is, "Do not let your hearts be troubled." Remember from chapter thirteen, he's already talked to them about about serving, how they're supposed to serve, betrayal. We talked about last week, and for loving their brothers. He knows that that his time here is short. He's going to be gone quickly. He knows that that they are going to be they're going to feel abandoned. He knows that they're, that they're going to run, and they're going to be afraid, and they're going to be scared. And, and he, said, he said, don't be troubled. And he's going to spend this chapter here, you know, telling them about the Holy Spirit, telling them what he's going to do, you know, telling them what's going to happen. But, you know, I, I want you to really fix on that when you are troubled in this life, when you are afraid, when there's tough times in your life, go back to this chapter and look at what he tells these disciples. Because he said... He tells them once, I'm not going to leave you orphans. I'm not. I'm going to take care of you. I promise you I will. We're going to look at some of the things that he says and what he's going to do. But, you know, I, I just, I thought it was very, uh, you know, the, the connection he has and when Judas does what he has and how, how it breaks his heart and, and he's troubled at heart because of what Judas does. He has a connection with them. He has a connection with us, guys. He loves us. He wants us to be healthy. He wants us to, spiritually, he wants us to be healthy. He wants us to understand that he's in charge. And we, he wants us to trust him. And he's going to send us as well help to do that with. So let's look at this. We're going to read a few verses, then we're going to talk about it. Okay? He says, do not let your hearts be troubled. If you believe, you believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have not told you that? That I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you uh, to be with me, that you also will be, will be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. I'm going to stop right there. Would he be going to prepare a place for us and for them yes. if he did not expect us to show up? Ladies, how many times do you, when you have company coming over, or guys do, that you clean your house? Different than you normally do. Do you? Yeah. You know? You don't want them coming over on a normal day, right? So you do something. Why are you doing that? Because your expectation is what? They're coming. Somebody's going to show up. You're not going to do it if you don't think they're coming or if you've not invited nobody, right? Jesus is going to heaven. He's going to prepare a place for us. 
He's going to go there in glory, sit at the right hand of the Father, and the place has been prepared for us to come. And he expects us to show up. Okay? He expects us to come. He, he doesn't expect a non-arrival. He expects us to arrive there. Okay? So, you know, I mean, I, I think, wow, that's awesome. That's awesome. I have a Savior that's looking forward to my, to my showing up. You don't invite people normally that you don't want to show up, right? You invite people that you want them to be there. So, so when he tells them this, he said, he said, I'm going to go prepare a place for you. Don't be troubled. Don't be afraid. He's, and he tells him at the beginning, he said, he said, believe in, he said, if you believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house, many rooms. I don't know what all that means. Okay. I don't know. It's going to be like a mansion. I don't know. All right. What I know is that he's going to heaven, a place that I've never been to get it ready for me to show up. That's all I need to know. Right. I don't even know what your house looks like. I don't even know what the bathroom is. You'll tell me when I get there. Right. Everything I need to know, he'll tell me when I get there. Right. All I need to know is there's a place for me to go to. And there he is. All right. Let's let's and look at what happens. All right. Thomas said to him, remember Thomas? Remember Thomas? What's gonna happen with Thomas? Doubt. 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 Doubting Thomas. Right? <laughs> we'll get to that down the road. Thomas said, Thomas said, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? We don't know, you know, wh where's his mind? Still in the physical. He's still here. Well, you're gonna travel, you're going, you're taking off. Where, where are you going? Why can't we go? We've been with you everywhere you've been for the last three years. How come we can't go with you now? He said, Thomas. And look at what he said. Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Okay? What did he tell him? He said, you already know. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. He said, you only get to the Father through me. No other way. You can't get there any other way except through me. That's what he's telling Thomas. Well, do you think Thomas understands? Yeah, probably not. Probably not. He hasn't got it yet. He's not going to even get it after Jesus dies on the cross, and then he's, and he's going to believe that he resurrected. You know, he's just not. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a stretch to, for, it's even a stretch today for people to understand and to grab a hold of. Isn't it? It is. How many of you have someone in your life that you know that, they just, they can't seem to wrap their mind around it, about this whole Jesus thing. And about, I, mo most of us have someone in our life that we know that they were going, guys, this is not that complicated. For some people it is, and for these guys even, who've been with him for three years and seen everything. Now look at what he said, all right? Philip answered, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. No, it won't. No, it won't. He said, Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip? Even after I've been among you such a long time, Anyone who's seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am, am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least on the evidence of the works themselves. If you remember, go all the way back to John chapter 5. We've talked about this at length. There were testimonies about Jesus. You remember? One of them was the works that he did. The other one was the Father himself had testified. Remember, he came down when John baptized him and said, this is my son. Right? He's going to do it again at the Mount of Transfiguration. This is my son. The father even testified. And he said, if you don't believe that, what about the scriptures? The scriptures testify about it. He said, he, when, when they said, John said, who is it? Who's the guy that's going to betray you? He said, the one who takes the bread from me after I dipped it. And he quotes Psalm 41. Right? 
the testimony of the scripture itself. But here he says, okay, you don't believe the scripture, you don't believe my father? What about the things you've seen me do? What about the things you've seen? How do you explain the things you've seen me do? What have they seen him do? They've seen him raise people from the dead. Would, should that not have got your attention if you were one of these guys? I mean, they remember, remember we're reading off page, words on a page. These guys were standing there and watched the tomb open and Lazarus walk out. You'd think that would have got their attention. You'd think they said, oh my, there's something really, really special about this guy. And then you start to look at what is he saying. But that's not what happened. You know, he tells, if you don't believe any of that other stuff, believe the works you've seen me do. What is he? He's seen them heal leprosy. He's seen them heal the blind, spit on and make mud and put it on the guy's eyes and the guy can see. He's, they've seen that. So don't be too alarmed when people in your life can't get it. Okay? Can't get it. Right? Now, he said, he said, very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. And and I will do whatever you, no, I'll stop right there. What are the greater works than these? What are the greater works than these? He said, he, I want you to look at it again. He said, very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. What does going to the Father have to do with the greater works that they're going to do. What's greater than raising someone from the dead? What's greater than healing someone that's blind? He's going to go to the Father. The only way that gets done, he has to go to the Father. It's the only way. So if he goes to the Father, he said there are going to be people left, they're going to do greater things. What are greater things? That you? What do you think the greater things are that you can do than what Jesus did? Huh? Bring your people to him. How many people can you save in your lifetime and, and, and help help Jesus raise them from the dead? How many? Hundreds. You know, anybody you come in contact with, you know, anybody that sees you, hears you, listens to you, watches what you do, imitates you. You know, if you're walking for him, you can do greater things. He said the least in the kingdom will do greater things than John the Baptist did. Y'all think he's such a good, he's a like Elijah. Well, yeah, that's what he is. But even the least in the kingdom. You look around this church this morning and you say, okay, well, I think that person's probably the least. If you want to be that judgmental, they say, I think that person, that person can do greater things than John the Baptist did. What could that person do? That person can teach somebody about Jesus because John, even in John when he's in the jail, fixing to get his head cut off, said, are you really the one? I can believe it just from the works. I can believe it because the Holy Spirit's taught me that. Led me that way, and you and I can do those kind of things that that Jesus couldn't even do. Jesus could not bring people to Him from that perspective where freedom from, He hadn't provided freedom from sin yet. He has to go to the Father to do that, right? Can't provide any of that. I can provide. You can provide. We can provide as a church. We can provide access to Jesus with freedom from sin. We didn't. We didn't do it. We didn't provide. All we can do is provide them with the help and the and the direction and sit down at the place in the book where they can do that. You can learn the book. You can learn the book. Okay? Jesus referenced the Old Testament. You know, but then he wrote the new through these guys. Go go look at some of these scriptures. You know, I think first Peter said says the prophets searched intently with the greatest care, trying to find out the time and the circumstances which the Holy Spirit was pointing to them about the coming of this grace that you, that you you enjoy. They wonder and they long for. You have access to this that they only long to understand it. Think about what it was like for these guys to 
to talk about things they have no clue about. And here we are, we have it at our hands, and we, and we throw it on the back, of, in the trunk of the car, we throw it in some case somewhere, and don't pick it, out, pick it up and bring it till next Sunday. Are you kidding me? Kidding me? We don't have any more regard or love for the Word than that, and we have it right here. I want to know Jesus, and get in the book. Get in the book, and let the book tell you. Come in, get, have confidence in it. Learn it enough where you can have confidence that he's telling you the truth. If you can't do that, I'll help you. I'll show you. It, it just, you know, you can find Jesus today, and that's something Jesus couldn't even do back then. And we can bring them to a place of freedom. Jesus provided it. We can bring them to it. And he said, you're going to do greater works than anything I've ever done. All he did was provide the access. We have to get them there, and we can do that. And this church is, man, we've done that numerous times. We've, we've, seen, we've seen that happen numerous times. We've got people in here right now that are babies in Christ, just came to the Lord, just are trying to figure all this stuff out right now. And this church helped get them there. Don't you feel special? Don't that feel good? You ought to feel great about it. You may, well, I didn't do anything. Yes, you did. Just being who you are. Being positive and upbeat. Saying hello. You know, whatever it is. Singing songs. You know, we talked about that. Singing songs that, that people can relate to. All of that helps. And we all are doing involved in that. And I, I just wanted you to know, you know, man, don't ever look in the mirror and say, well, I can't do anything. Sure you can. Sure you can. That's Satan talking. That's Satan wants you to believe that. And what, that's not what Jesus told us. Jesus said you can do great things in the kingdom. Just look for that. Now, let's go on. He said, very, I'm going to read verse 12 again. Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Okay? Tell me what you think that means. Y'all heard me saying here before, I'd really like to have a white Cadillac Escalade with maroon interior. <laughs> I don't pray for it because I know that's not what he's talking about. But you think he would have given it to me? Probably not. No. I can help you with that. Huh? <laughs> you know what? I don't. But you know, I, it would be not. But wouldn't that be something if, if he if it showed up one day? Hey, you can you can just it could just show up one day. I would, I would relate it to God doing it. You could really do it. Could, Paul that. can help you with that. <laughs> God, if you're watching online, we do have a good time in here. You know, Nancy's being reserved, but some of these other guys are taking over. So, but, you know, it, you know, it's, what do you think he's talking about here? You ask anything in my name. Look at what he said. He said, and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. What's he, what is he saying? I think part of Philip's disconnect is that in the Old Testament, if the Father showed up, it was usually magnificent and violent yeah yeah and jesus showing up is opposite opposite yeah and so i think there's kind of the the he's trying to make the connection that hey i'm still all powerful i can still provide mm -hmm. for you mm -hmm. i can still help you mm -hmm. but it does it's not necessarily going to be through the lenses that you've seen things in the past with yeah. my father yeah and that's a hard thing for them to get past because for two thousand years that's all they've seen yeah and Jesus in three years is trying to say, hey, it's 
It's about love. It's about the time. But it, but isn't that what we do? Is we 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 uh, put to the side the things that are proof because of what our mind is already telling us is true. That can be true because I already know what's true. Doesn't make any difference what the truth is. It's what I think the truth is. I already know. Maybe it's it's come from from your childhood, what you were taught. Maybe it's come from whatever source, and you already got this in your mind. I think this is true, and so you won't listen to anything else. You won't listen to what Jesus is doing or saying because you've already got it in your mind. I already know better than that. I know I know better. I know what's what's better for me. I do. Doesn't make any difference what Jesus says. Here Jesus said, "I'm not going to leave you alone." I am not. I will not leave you alone. He's going to say that in just a minute. He said. He said, "I'm going to comfort you. Understand something. I and the Father are one. We're one." And he said, "He said you believe it." He said, "I am the way. You know, you can't get the Father any other way. And you're going to do things that you can't even begin to imagine. You're going to be able to do. Most of us in here that that uh, I mean, you couldn't have convinced any of us that we're going to be in this place at whatever at whatever point we are. You couldn't convince us of that. You know, back in the early days." But now we, we, this has come to fruition and come to life in our lives. It's amazing. Many Jesus said, you ask in my name, and I'll give you. Get, look at what he says again. And I will do whatever you ask in my name. And I'm going to be there. I'm going to go create a place for you. I'm looking for you. I can't wait for you to show up. I can't wait for that day to happen. I can't either, but I just don't want it to be today or tomorrow. i got other things I want to do yet. But I'm, I'm looking forward to going there. I just don't want to go there today. You know, and... Jesus said, I've got a place. I've got a place for you. And oh, by the way, you ask, when I get there and you ask anything, I'll give it to you. Okay, well, tell me what that means. Then. Tell me what it means. I need 50 bucks. I need, I need 1,000 bucks. You know, I need whatever. I need whatever. You know? He qualifies it by saying that mm -hmm. he will do that so that the Father may be glorified. Okay. You see, you hear what she said? He, he qualifies it saying, so that the Father may be glorified. What does Jesus do to glorify the Father? And we're supposed to imitate him, remember? So what does he do? He does things, you know, he lives as a pauper. He lives in poverty. He get, turns the money over to a thief. You know, he allows the thief to be in his midst and watches the thief's feet the day that the thief betrays him. Okay? So does it qualify a little bit what you're asking for? Maybe it's not according to your whim what you want. Maybe it's, it's God help me to figure out What's going to glorify the Father? And then give me that. Give me that. I want what it is that's going to glorify the Father. And if it's opportunity to do something in the church, then give me understanding of that. Give me courage to do that. Okay? You know, I, I, I know that there's talent in this room. There's talent in people in here, you know, that you won't tap into because you're afraid. Okay? Maybe you ought to ask for God, Jesus, take the fear away so that you can glorify God with your talent and your, and your ability. You think that's a possibility? You think that's something that he might give you? Yeah, I think. You know, you have to stand in the pulpit and, and do something. You know, I'm, I'm, man, you don't really want to, you know, you could do it today, right? I know, I, I'm talking, he doesn't really want to do this. But you know what? He's really good at it. Really good. You know, guys know, he's good at it. You know, but sometimes the fear of doing it overrides that and you say you say father help me help me to get through this if that's all it is help me to get and then you figure out you know come 11 o'clock 11 30 it's over how'd that happen you know i i know when i've got a lot to do on a sunday morning and you know, i'll pray father i know 
Then in about three hours, I'm going to be back over here and everything will be done. But it doesn't seem like it's going to be quick today, right now. But I know when I'm about... And then I remember that prayer when I get back and I'm going, it's over. So what was I afraid of? It's over. It went well. People were blessed, I think. I was blessed before it. Thank you, Father. That's the, I, think, I say thank you. Thank you for giving me what I asked you for. I asked you for courage and, and, and vision and insight, and you gave it to me. And I can't say thank you enough. That's what he's saying here. It's not according to your whim. Yeah, that's it. A lot of times when I go up there and I prepare to think of what I'm going to say, I get up there, it just comes out mm -hmm. Because, yeah. Yeah. you know, you ask for God's help. Guess what? He's going to speak from your heart. Guess what? Happens to all of us. Yeah. All of us. I don't know. Sometimes when I preach, I get make notes. You know, I don't really follow them anyway. My wife would probably say, you probably ought to. You know, but, but, but you know, I, I, you know, it, it just kind of comes out, you know, I mean, it's, it's, I understand, I understand that the, the concept here, what he was trying to tell them, guys, you need to ask in my name. And if you do, you'll ask for the right things. You won't ask for stuff to, that, for your whims and stuff. Right now, maybe your whim is, man, Father, we're broke. We're broke. We don't have any money. We're broke. We don't know how we're going to pay the electric bill. We don't have to pay. And maybe that's legitimate. Maybe God can help with that. Maybe he can. I'm not saying those are not things we can pray for, but God, Jesus wants to have a relationship with us, right? That's what he did all this for. Have a relationship. And you need to voice your concerns and things you want and things you need. But it all should be to the point where you can glorify him. If you've already written, let's say you're giving $20 a month, right? And you already wrote that check and you're broke. You know, what does he look at? He said, he said, and that that one you did first. You knew that you were going to be 20 bucks short. You did it anyway. You wrote that check anyway. You think God's glorified by that in your own life? Absolutely. Because he wants to come first. He wants to be first. He wants you to look at him say, I trust you that you're going to take care of this. Oh, by the way, if you forgot, I'm, I'm a little short. Maybe that maybe that's court. I don't know that, guys, because I don't know you. And I don't know where, where that comes from in you. But I know that he said that anything that's going to glorify him, you know, you're going to get an opportunity this morning, okay, to help this week. And I'll let Cole talk about it this morning, but you're going to get an opportunity. And maybe you're going to say, you know, I'll go out to eat or I'll do this. You know, I'll go home. I'm going to do this. You'll see what I'm talking about. It's good. It's good thing. All right. Now let's move on. Now he's going to promise the Holy Spirit. Okay? He said, if you love me, keep my commandments. This is important, guys. You know, I'm... I got a I got a text I want I, and I'm gonna turn over there. Uh, it's first John chapter five. And first uh, John chapter five and verse three says it says, in fact, this is love for God to keep his commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome. Okay? Just one verse. First John chapter 5, verse 3 says, This is love for God to keep his commandments. Oh, and by the way, his commands aren't burdensome. He's not going to burden you with it. But he said, If you love me, this is what it means. You cannot sit in front of God and say, I love you, Father, and not will it be willing to do what he tells you to do. I'm going to say it again. You cannot, guys online, you cannot say, I love God. I love God. I love Jesus. And not be willing to do what God tells you to do. 
If he opened the book and he tells you to do something, you're not willing to do it. You cannot sit in front of him and say you love God. Can't. Jesus just said, if you love me, keep my command. He, he said in 1 John chapter 5, this is love for God, that you keep his command. Oh, and by the way, his commands aren't burdensome. That means they're not going to be a hindrance on you. They're not going to be a, a challenge for you. He's going to, I'm going to ask you to live a life, and I'm going to charge you to do certain things. And he said, you're going to have to do it. If you say you love me, you will do it. Okay? Now, look at what he said. He said, and I asked the Father. I'll start again. He said, if you love me, keep my command. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. Do some of your some of your uh, uh, say, text say counselor? Helper. Okay. Say counselor? Helper. Helper? Okay. What What is it? Comforter. Comforter. Okay. I'm going to send you an advocate. Jesus was called an advocate, right? You know, Jessica is a, a counselor. Okay, what does it mean to be a counselor? Someone who's sent to give aid, right? Someone who's sent to give aid, right? Someone who's a helper. Someone who's a, a, a comforter. Someone who comforts someone. It's the Holy Spirit. He said, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit, and he's going to be an advocate. He's going to be a counselor. He's going to be a comforter. He's going to be a helper for you. Did they need someone? Yeah, because they're, they're struggling. They're tired, and they're afraid. You're going to see that in just a few short hours. They're going to run for their lives because they're afraid. You know, sometimes you get afraid, don't you? You get fearful. You get discouraged. You get down. And it's hard. Life can get hard sometimes. What do you think the church in, in, in Ukraine is feeling right now? What do you think they're feeling like? You know, their whole world is coming down around their ears. And you know what we know? There's a whole bunch of churches of Christ in the Ukraine. A whole bunch of them. You know what they're going to have to do probably? Go underground. They'll probably go underground. You know? And you can, you, right, wrong, I don't care. I don't care about all the politics. I'm just telling you, what's going to happen to God's people? You know, you think, you think the Holy Spirit's going to have a little bit of work overtime there? Yeah, probably. To help and comfort. And he'll use some of us maybe to do that. Now, look at what he said. He said, to keep, help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth that the world cannot accept. What does it mean for you that it's a spirit of truth? What does that mean? He's the spirit of truth for you. He's a helper, a counselor. Okay? Now, I'm going I'm to go on because it, I think it connects. Right now, he's just talking to the, to the disciples. But look at what he said. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. What do we know now? That the Holy Spirit's been with them. Now, he did, he did give them special things to do and special abilities, and the Spirit gave them special abilities. But here he tells them, he said, he's been with you, but there's going to come pretty quickly. He's going to be in you. Is that different? Yeah. Sounds different to me, doesn't it, to you? It's an indwelling. What does it mean? What does the indwelling mean to you? He lives in me. Right? I got some more texts that these you've got to turn to. These, I need, you, need to you need to look at these. I want you to turn to Romans chapter 8. And then we're going to look at the next book, Romans chapter, I mean 1 Corinthians chapter 3. But so Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. And we're going to look at verse 8 and 9. Okay? It says, Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. You understand what he said? Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. Those who live in the world cannot please God. Can't. You, however, 
are not in the realm of the flesh, but in the realm of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. What does he say? The Spirit, if the Spirit lives in you, you no longer can live in the realm of the flesh. 1 John chapter 1. You don't have to turn that one. We're not reading that one. But 1 John chapter 1 says, If you walk in the light as he is in the light, have fellowship with one another, the blood of his Son does what? Cleanses of all sin. And he said, And if you say you have no sin, you're a liar, and the truth's not in you. What's the truth? The Spirit of truth in me. Now look at what it says in the next book, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Look at verse 16. We're going to read 16. Well, we're just going to read 16. Look at what it says. Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's Spirit dwells in your in your midst? What, what is he telling us? Don't you know that you are the... What, what had to happen? We've talked about this before. When Solomon built the temple, David couldn't do it because David. God said, you are a man with blood on your hands. I'm not going to let you build a temple. I'm going to let, turn that over to your son. You know whose son that was? The son he had with who? With Bathsheba. Remember who she was? She was the one that he murdered. David murdered her husband, got her pregnant, murdered her husband, Uriah, and then eventually had a son named Solomon who built the temple for him. Is this something or what? God can use really people that do really despicable stuff. So if you look in the mirror someday and say, man, he couldn't, there's no possible way he can use Oh, really? He used a murderer and an adulterer to get his work, his work done. So, you know, but here he said, uh, he said that, well, I forgot, I lost my train of thought. What did, what did Solomon do? When he builds a temple, what's the first thing they do? Is they cleanse the temple. You know what they cleanse it with? Blood. Thousands of animals are sacrificed to cleanse the temple. They cleanse the people. You know, they sprinkle blood on everything. Sprinkle it on the, on the books of the law that they have. They sprinkled blood everywhere to cleanse the temple. What do you think Jesus did? He said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. I'm going to go to the Father. What's he going to have to do to get that place ready so that I can show up and be welcome there? What's he going to have to do? He's going to have to find a way to cleanse this temple so that he can move in now and give me a help now while I'm waiting to go to that other place and go to that other temple. So what does he do? Sprinkles me with blood. I want to go back to, to Acts chapter 2. <laughs> you can go to, you know, there's, there's, I mean, we could run this thing for the next half hour, man. I'm not going to go to all these scriptures. You want to learn them? Call me. I will give them to you. Okay. Ephesians 1. You know, Acts chapter, Acts chapter 9, Acts chapter 22, Revelation chapter 1. There's all kinds of texts that talk about the blood and how we come in contact with the blood. Okay? Here, when the, when the people who killed Jesus are standing there and Peter preaches to them, and he, and he tells them, you, are the, you, you murdered the Son of God. You killed him. You did it. You killed him. You know what he's going to tell them? They're going to say, men and brethren, what can we do? Because they cut them. Cut them to the heart. What, what can we do? And what does he tell them? Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sin, and you will receive what? The gift of the Holy Spirit. What does he mean? What is the Holy Spirit there has been sent for? He said, he's not now going to just be with you. Now he's going to be in you. So what, for these not disciples, not the apostles, these are 3,000 people who are just normal people, but they were the ones that they were there and killed Jesus. And when they say, what can we do? 
He said, well, what I know, that, that Jesus has gone to heaven to do what? To get a place ready. He went to the cross to make, make me able to go to that place, and he's going to send the Holy Spirit right here. Peter doesn't understand, but Peter is, is telling, saying, oh, now I know the Holy Spirit's coming to these guys too. And he's going to come right now as soon as they, they, they're obedient. And what did, the, what did Jesus say in, in John chapter 14? If you love God, you'll do what? You'll keep his commandments. This is love for God in 1 John chapter 5. To do what he tells you to do. To keep his commandments. Okay? And so when he tells them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, for the remission of your sin. You know, I'm not going to get into a, into a, into a, a, a religious dialogue. I mean, a religious debate with anybody. I'm just telling you, what does it say? Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sin, and you will receive the gift of what? The Holy Spirit. And what is Romans chapter 8 told me? That if I'm no longer part of the flesh, it indwells me. Right? If now I'm a temple, and he, and, and he makes his dwelling with me. So, do you need, uh, you know, if you need more proof, I'll give you more. All right? Well, how do you know that, that the blood is what? Because Ephesians chapter 1 says the blood is what gives me forgiveness. You know, Revelation chapter 1 says we're washed by the blood. And Paul is told in Acts chapter 22, what are you waiting for? Get up, be baptized, and wash away your sins. Why? Because that's where you're going to come in contact with the blood when I'm obedient to do what he tells me to do. And I know they knew that Jesus already got a place ready. All right? Now, look at what he said. Let's go back to John chapter 14. He lives yet with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me because I live with you. You also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am the Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands to keep them is the one who loves me. There he says it again. He says the same thing again. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show, them to, show myself to them. Wow. What has he promised us here? What has he said? He said, I and the Father am one. I am going to come and be with you. Through the form of the Holy Spirit, Jesus is going to be there with us. Jesus told us. Did he not tell us? He said, where two or more are gathered in my name, what did he say he'll be? He said, I'll be with there with you. Right? So you don't think he's here? You think he's here? Yes. How many of you think, ah, I probably didn't show up because I can't see him? I'm not gonna ask you to raise your hand. I just want I just want you to think about it. Do you think he's gonna be over there? Why would he why would he come over there and watch a bunch of cripples try to stumble around? Because he loves us. Because he's prepared a place for us. Because he, this was his whole mission is to get us here. That's what he's trying to tell these disciples. Guys, I'm not gonna leave you as orphans. I'm not. He's not gonna leave us as orphans. I've got a whole family. All of you guys are my family. You know? You know, I mean, I mean, it's amazing. I mean, we went to Peter Piper yesterday, and, you know, I've never seen that place so big. I think all the children, you know, yeah, I think I said all the children in Victoria must be there. Nope, Coles and Jessica's weren't there. But all the rest of them in town were there, seemed like. I mean, that place, I've never seen that place so packed. And then who showed up? Alan Ray and, and, and Adam and Ruth, and they sat right beside us. You know, it was, you know what I think? Man, this is neat, man. Some of my, more of my family showed up. You know, because we were all there, you know, the, the guys were there. It was just, we just having a family thing with, with, Tr with Trenton for his birthday. <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't buy a birthday. We just went over there with our stuff and ate pizza and just, you know. And then some of my family showed up. 
was amazing. <coughs> you know, got a chance to, to sit and talk with Alan Ray for a while. I hadn't talked to him in a long time because been, they'd been sick and everything. But, man, I look at this, and I, I'm thinking while, while I'm talking to him, man, this is what he talked about. You know, I can ask for things for Alan Ray and for his family. And you know what? <coughs> There's some things that he'll give me. And he'll do for them if I ask him. You know, we've got a chance. We had a chance now to find out that we can do something for someone. And we're going to do that. We're going to do something for someone that we've got to, that we figured out we can do. That we found out just the other day. We're going to do that. It's going to be, it, you know, and, and we're going to ask God help with that. And it's going to involve some, of, some people here. And a little bit of money, but you know, man, Jesus is gonna if Jesus is gonna honor that and gonna bless us because it's gonna glorify the Father. Man, you get to do that. Don't miss the opportunities, guys. Don't miss them. The Holy Spirit's there to help you and guide you and lead you. He's there to make you feel like you're special, to make you feel like you have someone with you. He's there to to remind. And if you go to Ephesians chapter one, it says the Holy Spirit is what? He's a down payment. Guaranteeing my salvation. As long as the Holy Spirit's living with me, what does God know? That I belong to Him. Because if you go to Romans chapter 8 and look at it, it says the Holy Spirit testifies on my behalf, testifies to the Father, testifies about my weaknesses. He shares with me. Go read it, guys, and learn how to connect the dots. And you'll get just as passionate as anybody else is about it when you figure out, oh my, oh my, this stuff is, this is, this is amazing. All right. We'll see you next week, guys. Thanks for paying so much attention. Guys, if you're watching and you need our help, please contact us. Let us know what we can do to help. Thanks, guys.